Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to the Automation Morning Show for Thursday, March 2nd, 2023. My name is Sean Tierney, and let's start the show off by taking a look at what's new in industrial automation. First up, we have a press release from Siemens. I thought that was very interesting. They're actually launching a brand new company called Inomotix. Okay, I don't know if I said that right. But this new company will encompass all of their low to high voltage motors, geared motors, medium voltage converters, and motor spindles. And you can see it's, they got a lot of people working there and a lot of revenue. And uh, while it still will be a wholly owned subsidiary of AG, Siemens AG, um, it's gonna be a separate company. And I just thought that was interesting. I'm, I'm not sure why they're doing it. I'm sure there's a, a reason to, but uh, they're splitting that all off as a separate company. So that's first up in the news. Next we have, a new version of SciTech XL Reporter. Now, if you've never seen this product, it's really cool. I've known these guys for a couple decades. They make a great product that really turns just like generic Excel into this phenomenal reporting package to use with your control system. A lot of times people are using it with their PLCs, but it's much more than that. And they just came out with version 15, which I thought was cool. This is the first news I've seen from them this year. And, uh, you know, they got new features, stacked reports, event library, event frames. They got some uh, temperate library. I mean, there's a lot here. I actually asked them, reached out to them this morning on LinkedIn to see if they'll come on the uh, show and podcast to kind of, you know, tell us all about the product because I think you guys would really be interested in it. From there, we go to another new product. This is from our good friends over at Banner. And uh, this is the R90C. This is a, a product that takes four analog outputs off of Modbus. So if you have Modbus in your uh, facility or you're using it with your PLC or your system, and you need some analog outputs, these can be either uh, 4 to 20 or 0 to 10. So they have all kinds of products like this, and they have all kinds of network support as well. But this particular one is for Modbus, and I just thought it was cool. I wanted to share it with you. Okay, so next up we have a new product or an updated product from Intensys. They're part of HMS. And um, I actually have to look up what KNX was. I didn't know what it was. It's a building automation network. So um, I saw some uh, competing information online as whether it's dying or if it's growing. So I'll let you guys tell me if it, you know, what you think. But in any case, it's a bridge between that KNX, the uh, building automation network, and Modbus. So I thought that was pretty cool. From there, we'll go over to an article. I love this article. This is from my good friends over at Inductive Automation. It talks about how they recently went to the uh, Pawn to Own event. This is a hackathon, right? And it really goes into detail about what the event's all about and uh, you know the prizes that are offered by companies if the hackers can figure a way to hack their devices and uh, you know why get pawned and um, just really was is an excellent article explaining the whole event and, and, and how the hackers tried to attack and possibly, I won't spill the beans, but uh, possibly were successful in attacking uh, Ignition and uh, via OPC. And I just thought it was an excellent article, and I really want to encourage more industrial controls, you know, SCADA companies, PLC companies, to go to these things and write about your your experience there, because this is how we find out, you know, if something's vulnerable or not. Better to pay a prize to a bunch of white hat hackers who want to, you know, um, see if they can crack your uh, software for, you know, for the prize money than to find out, you know, through a ransomware attack or some other attack. So just uh, kudos out to the good folks over at Inductive. This is a great article. I think no matter what skater you're using, I think you'll enjoy this article. So from there, I want to go over to Grace. And this is their 
Wednesday article. And this one talks about lockout tagout and absence of voltage testing. Now they've written many articles about this, uh, their Graysense products. And um, this is the, in particular is their CheckVolt product, not Graysense. But in any case, I thought the article was excellent, even though I've been reading every one they've done this year so far. But I still thought this was excellent. They come at it from a different angle. You know, in this case, they're talking about the lockout tagout and how it relates. And um, of course, you always get a new Bernie and Les cartoon, which is always great. Um, this, uh, this artist just does an awesome job. Um, in any case, uh, I enjoyed the article. And uh, I actually did have a meeting with these guys about getting them on the uh, show on podcasts to go over one of their products. I don't know if we'll go over this one or one of the other products, but um, in any case, I think it would be great to have them come on the show and give us an, uh, an overview introduction into the product itself. But in any case, I did not check out the video. Um, with that, uh, I want to go over to Omron, and uh, they have a new article here about um, safety light curtains. And, you know, this is, they're talking about automated storage and retrieval systems here. You know, they have to, to put the package away. Of course, they have to go through the light curtain, right? And so they really start getting into muting and blanking and the difference between those and the importance of being able to do this programmatically. For instance, you need a light curtain to not, you know, to, to alarm if the beams are broken, unless the forklift or the automated vehicle is putting a package onto the shelf. So um, I thought that was excellent. And it links to a very in-depth white paper and you don't have to fill out any kind of crazy form to get it. I just clicked on it and it came right up. So in any case, I wanted to share that with you this morning. As well as uh, they have a new tech note out, which I thought was really done. Now, you know, one of the problems with simulators is that they're very difficult to learn, right? So they're not like programming software. They're not like, um, you know, like RS Logics or Studio 5000 or TIA Portal. So that's a whole new language and interface to learn, right? And so one of the things I thought was excellent about this tech note was it shows you step-by-step -step how to use their CIMAC simulator to create an XYZ machine, right? And interface it to their PLC. So it was really, it goes step-by-step -step through. Now, I don't, I don't have a license of the software. I wasn't able to try it, but it really did go step-by-step -step through. So if you have, uh, if you use their PLCs and you want to try out the software, I think this techno would be a great way to get going. I mean, once you get the PLC connected to the XYZ machine, then you should be able to go through and write some programs, you know, do some picking and placing and whatnot. So I want to share that with you as well. From there, we go over to the Opto 22 blog. And while we don't have any Groove devices here, this looks like uh, Terry's article here looks like it's uh, really an excellent, well done, well written article on how to set up, you know, MQTT um, in the devices, you know, using Node Red. And he goes through like every step by step that you would have to take here to get it all set up. And he covers some of the best practices too. So anybody using Opto 22, you may want to check that out. And now we go over to an article by Panasonic. Um, I think a lot of us know Panasonic as not only a commercial electronics company, but also for their tough books, which are pretty awesome, right? But um, they also do a lot of electronic stuff. And I thought this article, for any of you who are kind of electronically inclined and you like knowing about that stuff, this article I thought did a great job of, you know, they're talking here about three methods for, three methods for reducing coil holding voltages. But um, I really thought it was a great overview of the theory of, you know, relays and coils and holding voltages and all that. And there's some circuit diagrams in here. And so uh, anybody who wants to brush up or if you have a, a younger person on your team who could, is looking for reading material to kind of learn more, I thought this was a great article and I wanted to share it with you today. Okay, from there, 
Um, this article I found over at IEEE Spectrum. This is a brand new article and it's about the 50 year anniversary of the original mouse driven GUI based computer, the Xerox Alto. Am I saying that right? Alto. So uh, in any case, this was an excellent article. I mean, I think we've all heard the stories about how Steve Jobs and other people in the early computer industry went out there and took a look at this thing and then used it as inspiration for what they developed. And, um, you know, I mean, pretty much Windows and Macs, this is, this is the interface that we use today. You know, we get the mouse, you know, three buttons. They don't have a scroll wheel, but, you know, they got pretty much everything else. They got three buttons here. And you, uh, the one thing is I, th I find is funny is that they, they get the monitor, like it's long, like top up, down, like a piece of paper or a pad of paper, which is pretty cool or like a modern day tablet. Right. So, um, where most of our computer screens are going horizontal, right. And televisions for that matter. But in any case, I thought this was an excellent article to talk about that original innovation. And uh, you can see a picture here of the, uh, three button mouse. And, um, they also had a pretty excellent, I, I'm not a fan of the music they use, but a pretty excellent, uh, little, um, uh, story here, video here about, you know, they wanted to, uh, for the 50th year anniversary, or actually a couple of years ago, they wanted to uh, recondition a couple of the original Altos. And they talk about that a little bit here as well. So in any case, I just thought it was a very interesting article of uh, being a computer buff myself. Um, I, uh, I wanted to share that with you. And, um, as I was looking at this, I found something else uh, here on their website, right? I found that, uh, they have right now they're running a special half off on becoming a member. And so I took them up on it. I uh, not only became a member of the IEEE, but I also um, joined their um, robots and automation subgroup, which uh, netted me a discount on the magazine. So it was actually cheaper to get the, uh, to become a member of that and get the magazine than just get the magazine on uh, robots and automation. So I, I don't know much about IEEE, except, you know, we, we've, we've, uh, you know, I've grown up hearing the name all the time and so I went ahead and joined up and uh, we'll see what happens. But uh, if you've ever wanted to become a member of IEEE, 50% off, man, you can't beat that. So I wanted to share that with you, a little PSA there. So in any case, um, now I want to get into our product spotlight for today. And I'm spotlighting my Control Logics course. This is the extended edition, level one and two. Um, it's called PAC Basics. And in this course, I just cover like everything I could cover um, about it. You know, I try to cover... Uh, you know, not only all the basics and all the hardware, I cover the hardware in great detail because I know most people learning at home, you're not going to have a controller or a network card in your hands to look at. So I put it under the overhead cam and I look at all the angles and I go through everything step by step. And I even get into plant packs. I even get into uh, adding VFDs. You can see kind of pictures of the show, um, of the uh, of the course here, um, of what I cover. And... Uh, you know, kind of how, what the, what the studio looked like back then with the brick wall and, uh, the demos I used to use. But, um, one of the things about this, when you get this course, you also get the new edition I did as an online course back in 2021. I had a, a half dozen people come to me and say, Hey, we want you to do a live course for us over zoom or over a uh, meeting to uh, teams or whatever. And so I did that and I saved those recordings. It's over eight hours and you get those recordings as well as this course, which I think is 10 or 12 hours. And so, um, even though they cover pretty much the same thing, it's kind of, we, we use different versions of the software. We kind of do it in a different order. So two courses in one. And of course, if you buy this edition, you get the new 2023 edition as well uh, that I stopped filming this summer. So, um, if you know anybody who needs uh, control logics training, 
Um, you do not have to buy the $10,000 package of Studio 5000 to take this course. You don't even need the software. I cover everything. You can watch the lessons as many times as you want. You can skip around. I answer every question that comes in. So don't feel like you actually have to go out and buy, you know, $5,000 of used uh, Control Logics equipment in, in a $5,000 license of the software or $10,000, whatever it is now. Um, for those of you who really need to do the hands-on, I do cover this, that you can actually buy a, uh, either a, a recycled or new, like a little L1 uh, controller from Rockwell, a compact logics controller. And I believe um, if 30 days isn't enough with the trial software, I believe you can lease the software for $300 a year. So, um, you know, that's not bad, right? So if you wanted, you know, you could get into it if you want to do some hands-on, probably around $1,000. They don't have the starter packs anymore, sadly, but um, or the experience kit, which I, I love. That's how I got the 50, uh, 5380. But in any case, you still, if you wanted to get the hardware, you know, you could get some recycled hardware, new hardware, and, um, and uh, lease the software for one year for that price. So um, that you can do almost everything, not the hardware-specific stuff, but you could do all the programming stuff. So that's an inexpensive way to do it. But uh, unfortunately, um, we don't have um, the same deal that's offered to those really expensive four-year universities that adults don't get to go to because they have to work full-time. So um, that's probably the best way to go because of that. But in any case, we do do, and I do include the link here at automate.news to this, we do have a partnership with a company that makes a $300 simulator. So you don't need no hardware, you don't need no software. It's, um, it's a simulation package. Actually, we just sold another copy uh, last week. Um, that simulates the hardware, the software, and 10 different applications, packaging, filling, and whatnot. So um, if you want to learn more about that, that is called, I actually give away a, a course with it. It's called, let me go there. It's called uh, Mastering Logics Applications with PLC Logics 5000. And you'll see it right here. So this course is only $30, but if you buy the package from us, the, the simulation package, you get the course for free. So I think the, the package is $295. Okay, um, so in any case, so we're trying to get them on the show too because they're adding in add-on instruction support. So the software is simulated, so it doesn't do everything that a Control Logics does. It doesn't simulate our slinks or anything, but it's still, it's, for $300, bucks, you can... Uh, you, you can't really beat that, right? You, you don't need any hardware. You don't need a simulator. You don't need a bunch of lights and switches and whatnot because it's all inclusive. So um, that's also an option too. So from there, I want to go over to a new uh, section I'm doing, which is called What's New in School? And uh, I have had a lot of people reach out, especially in the last couple of months saying, do you do anything on DeviceNet? And I actually don't. In my control logic course, we do Ethernet. Of course, you got to do Ethernet. And we do Ethernet IP. And we do uh, ControlNet. Um, but I, I didn't uh, take the time to go into DeviceNet. There's a lot of theory in that. And again, I'm a huge fan of DeviceNet. It came out around 95. And I kind of got in on the ground level, you know, as it was getting ready, 93, 94. We took all the, the pre-training that Rockwell offered to get up to speed on the technology. And, you know, I really feel like I was a master of DeviceNet back in those days you know, because it was first coming out and, you know, I was all educated on it. And so I really like it. And it's the end of life now. I mean, it's going on almost 30 years and it's uh, not many people support it at all. So, uh, but in any case, there's a lot of it out there. And uh, if you know how to use it, uh, you can really um, master it yourself. And so a lot of people have been reaching out to me and they're like, hey, you're going to do a device net course. And what I've done is let me switch over to my, see if I can switch over to my uh, VMware here. Um, there it is. 
Okay, and so over the years, I've uh, been looking, because you can't, I can't get samples on this stuff from the vendor, I've uh, been looking on the used market, and, you know, I've, I've found quite a bit. You know, I've found the, I've got great deals on the scanner modules for Slick, for PLC5, uh, for, um, you know, the DMBs for the uh, Control Logics, for the 1769, that's both micro and, and compact logics. I even picked up the NetDNIs. I think that I get two of those. I think I actually get two of those so I could do peer-to-peer -peer messaging. Um, I got some uh, point IO and flex IO on device net. But what I just found was um, for right around $45, I got a recycled um, one of the DMBs that has the USB port on it. So um, I definitely plan on, and I just tested it too. You always have to test it, make sure it works, right? Because it's recycled. But um, I tested it out this morning. It worked great. And I'm actually a lot faster than the DMB that I have in there now, the older one. But in any case, um, so I do definitely plan on all the new courses I filmed uh, this summer for the automation school. I do plan to cover in DeviceNet on every single one of them. And um, so uh, if you buy any of the extended courses over at the automation school today, the PLC courses, the next gen will include, you know, ControlNet and Ethernet, of course, where we're applicable. Not every PLC talks ControlNet, but uh, it will also co cover uh, DeviceNet as well. So a lot of fun. Um, going back down memory lane. And it was great to be able to add this to the automation school and get it for that $45 range uh, recycled and, and look good looking too, because you want something that's good looking to go under the camera, right? To show the students. So uh, that was a great find. So I wanted to just pass that on to anybody who's a member of the school over there. So with that, let's go back over to the news. And what's next? Oh, our publication crawl. So we found some new publications today. Um, there's a lot on Snyder's website. There's a lot of Snyder Electric, right? Um, there's a lot of new publications on the SCADA Pack product line. So what I did here is I just grabbed the selection guide. I don't know much about this, but it does look like a very cool line. Uh, not sure if any of you guys are using this, but um, this chart looks great. It tells you which product does what feature, you know, has what feature, and, you know, whether it does, uh, you know, TCP, UDP, and whatnot. So I wanted to share that with you as well as... They have an updated uh, catalog on their uh, tower lights, right? Or stack lights. And uh, so that's a brand new catalog. Just showed up uh, uh, last night. So I wanted to share that with you. And over on the Emerson site, we have some new Fisher catalogs. We get the catalog 96 on the valve and actuators. Uh, we have the catalog 95 on the controller instrumentation uh, manuals on their uh, cage sensors. And then we also have a quick stock guide on their field view uh, digital valve controllers. So I wanted to share that out with you. And from there, we go to our audio video files of today. We actually have two. The first is from Acromag with Acromaggy here, the cartoon character in the video. And I just enjoyed watching this video. It really, it goes through and explains their new products, their Ethernet IPIO, but uh, it does it in a tongue-in-cheek kind of fun way, and I thought it was—I thought it was really good. So I wanted to feature it today. I actually reached out to them on LinkedIn to the product manager to see if we can get them on the show on podcast because it seems like a great little line of products and uh, very very flexible. It does Ethernet IP and Modbus, Modbus TCP. So, um, but I you know, kudos to them for the, their great little video. So um, I wanted to recommend that today in our audio video section as well. Of and I know this got up there later than I wanted to. I didn't get it up there. I don't think it was the six o'clock. Um, uh, matter of fact, I think it was after six before I got it finished and up there. And I thought my wife was going to uh, go to bed <laughs> because she was so bored with me just sitting on my, uh, with my headphones on, just, uh, just trying to crank this thing out. But in any case, um, 
We got it up. We did get it up yesterday, just later. My apologies, later than we wanted to. This is my discussion with uh, David Peterson from uh, Control.com. And he came on to talk about, he's been writing a whole series about using Andrino-based uh, PLCs. So he came on, we talked about Andrinos, we talked about Raspberry Pis. We actually got into a whole conversation about IPCs and kind of like those Beckoff products we talked about previously. And um, so he came on and so I thought, I thought it was an excellent conversation. And uh, definitely if you're stuck in a commute or walking the dog or doing something, um, I think you'll find it interesting. And that's uh, this week's podcast in video. I, I, you know, I almost feel like I have to call it a video podcast. I was reading an article about, you know, uh, you know, what's new with podcasting. There was a big, uh, uh, I don't know, get together somewhere uh, last month of all the big podcasters. And, you know, I always just assumed for the last decade that everybody knew that podcasts also had video versions like a Joe Rogan. Right. So, um, but yeah, a lot of people don't recognize it. So I'm almost feeling like I have to call it a video podcast or or video and audio podcast. Kind of, Kind of strange how some people have a, you know, still think that podcasts are audio only, right? So, um, but hey, everybody's in a different place in the stadium, right? So we'd see different plays and differently. But in any case, um, so we can see it up here. You get the ad-free, commercial-free uh, version here with the auto-generated closed captioning. We also have the audio edition and it goes out to, you know, iTunes, Google, Pandora, Spotify, all those destinations. The same destinations that the morning show now goes out to. So um, you can listen to both on your favorite podcasting platform. And I just want to thank David again for coming on the show. I thought we had a great conversation. So it was my way of thanking them for letting me uh, take part in their uh, their event last year. So in any case, from there, we'll go over to the community corner. And uh, like I do every day, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. If today is your birthday, happy birthday. Hope you have an awesome day. Now, if you're connected with me on LinkedIn, and I accept all connections from people in industrial automation, um, if you're connected with me on LinkedIn and you have your birthday in your profile, then you show up on my connection birthday list. And so I want to wish a very personal happy birthday to my connections, starting with Kevin, Alam, Jamal, Josh, Tom, Larry, Chris, Ed T. Hey, Ed. Long time no see. Hope you're doing well. Uh, and Sheriff. So um, my apologies if I mispronounce your name, but I do want to wish you all a very Happy birthday. And I typically send the messages out um, in the afternoon after I get the, the show up and, and edited and up online and all that. So uh, you'll all be getting a message from me saying happy birthday. So with that, I want to go over to our community. So um, many years ago, I closed down the uh, the automation forums because we were getting a lot of people just spamming it with questions but never coming back to let us know if it worked or not. So instead, I've replaced it with a, a community over at automation.locals.com. This is a replacement for Patreon. Um, some of you may have known some creators were kicked off Patreon for things they never said. And so uh, automation.locals.com uh, locals.com was created to kind of give those people a place to go, you know, where they're not going to be uh, not going to be uh, deplatformed. And uh, so we moved our Patreon over here as well. And uh, it's automation.locals.com. And you can follow everything we do here totally free. If you want to post, if you want to ask questions, you want to provide answers, you want to send me a message, it starts at just one cup of coffee a month. So um, we want to thank all the new supporters and all the new followers up here for uh, for joining and uh, following us. From there, I want to go over to the news tip form. So if you think I missed something that I didn't cover in the news today, please send me a tip. And I want to appreciate everybody who has 
Um, and, uh, you know, we've covered everyone that's come in. I think we've only got one so far this year that's come in, but we want to make sure we cover every single one you guys send us. So with that, I also want to, uh, you know, if you're a vendor or if you're talking to one of your vendors, please encourage them to sponsor our show so we can bring you more free news and product how-tos. And uh, we have so many things we'd like to do in the future, and uh, we're looking forward to getting some more vendors on board to sponsor, you know, automation news. You know, we just... None of the articles, unlike most of the big sites you know out there, the big magazines, big websites, 90% of what we present to you will always be what we think you're going to be interested in. You know, these other sites that I go to and I look at sometimes, 90% of what they show you are paid advertising, paid articles. So we want to big that. So I go through and there's a lot of stuff I cut out every day that I just don't think you're going to be interested in. Now, I could be wrong. And that's where the news tip form comes in. You can say, hey, you missed this, cover this. But uh, a lot of the stuff I see is really just, you know, it's fluff. It's not that, you know, real meat and potato stuff we want to cover in the daily news, right? The stuff that matters, right? For the people at the five-foot view, right? The people who are looking at the HMI and at the PLC and at the SCADA, you know, the people in the front office, they have different interests than we do. So um, that's our promise to you to keep the news focused on what's real and not 100% uh, advertising. So with that, we go over to our aggregate website, automate.news. This is a site where I put all the links. I usually release this um, around 8 o'clock. Today it was a little bit later. Everything's running a little bit late this week. But um, in any case, if you're uh, on your morning break here on the East Coast, you should always have this updated before 10 o'clock, um, usually around 8 o'clock. And you can see everything I'm going to cover in the show. And uh, we, we include a link to everything we talk about. And from there, I just want to take a moment to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to spend it with me to take a look at what's new in industrial automation. And I want to wish you a very happy, healthy, and safe day. And until next time, my friends, peace.